Well, as we come to look at this passage together today, that passage from James chapter 2 that Erica just read to us, let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that you are here with us. And as we gather to think about your words together this morning, Lord, we pray that you would come and speak to us. Lord, may we have ears to hear what you have to say. May we have hearts that are open to you this morning. Lord, we don't just come to hear words, but we come to experience you, to know you. And so, Lord, may we be sensitive to your leading, to your guiding, to you speaking at this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we live in a world where how we look is really important. If I just turned up to church this morning wearing my pyjamas, I suspect that most people would have gone away discussing what I decided to wear to church this morning um, rather than anything that I had said. We live in a world where billions of pounds are spent on design and marketing and social media of products because people recognise that how things look, how things appear, affect how people behave. We live in a moment of the Instagram generation, the generation where a picture speaks a thousand words, and yet just one picture alone doesn't necessarily give the whole or true picture of what is happening in that moment. But appearances matter. When you meet someone for the first time, within seven seconds, apparently, they have already made a judgment of what they think of you within that short frame time. And, that is, and what is true of them is also true of you. When you meet someone for the first time, within seven seconds, no matter how welcoming and accepting you think you are, somewhere deep inside you, you will have made a judgment or a perception about someone uh, within seven seconds of meeting them. And let's be honest, within that time frame, within seven seconds, that judgment is likely to be based upon someone's appearance or your perception of them. You don't get to know someone brilliantly well within just seven seconds. Appearances matter. And appearances matter because they impact our lives, they impact the imp our impacts that we as a church are able to have on people. But James reminds us at the end of chapter one that if we are to live a life of faith with integrity, then we need to keep ourselves from being polluted by the ways of the world and just going along with the ways of the world for the sake of it. And we should seek to be defined by Jesus first and not just the ways that our world operates. As James challenges us and issues this challenge to the church to not be defined by the world, he encourages us to be a church that has integrity in how we demonstrate love to the people around us. And loving with integrity means that we need to be people who don't just get caught up in the, in the superficial nature of judging people by their appearances as we seek to love those 
around us. And so this morning we're going to take a few moments to think about how we, as God's people today, can love our neighbours with integrity and how we can do so in a world where it's so easy to often make judgments and assumptions based on appearances rather than on the things that God has called us to live by. And so the first way that we can authentically love those around us uh, is is to simply look beyond people's appearances. Our passage this morning starts with James telling us of an unjust situation. Two people from one community were coming together as a, to a meeting as equals. And yet as they arrive, they are no longer treated as equals. The wealthy individual is welcomed and honoured, whereas the poor individual is disrespected and dismissed and dishonoured. James's message is clear. We should never show favouritism or discriminate based on anyone's appearance or status in our churches or in our lives. God has a different perspective to how we often see our world. And I know this is true for me. Just let me ask you this question. If you had the opportunity to sit down with your favourite celebrity or your favourite sports person or the person that you look up to the most or just a random person who was walking down the street who was unknown to anyone, who would you choose? I know that I would often choose the person that I've looked up to and would be excited to see rather than the person that maybe is unknown to anyone else. If you had the chance to sit down with the pro vice chancellor of Cambridge University or a successful local businessman or someone else of stature in our community or a homeless person in Cambridge City Centre, who would you naturally choose to go and speak to? God is not interested in how much money or power or influence someone has. God sees us all the same. We are all made in God's image. He loves each one of us the same. In Jesus, we are all equal. And yet how easy it is for us to lose sight of that truth as we live our lives. And this message of us all being equal in church or in Christ is one that I'm sure that we would all want to affirm and embrace. We are living in a society that is crying out for more equality. And yet so often equality is not seen. Too often in this passage, two people who are equals are treated differently. They're discriminated against. And as a result, they are no longer seen as equal. There are so many reasons why we might discriminate. James highlights the influence of money and we need to recognise that money has the power to influence us hugely. Just imagine for a moment if someone came to our church and they offered to sort out all our financial needs, not just to keep us running over this coronavirus situation that we're going through, but also to pay for the development of the uh, church that we long to see become a reality at some point. As, uh, a ch- as we look to reach out to the community and uh, facil- use our buildings to facilitate that. 
Would we treat that individual who came with an open checkbook the same as someone who came along to the church and wasn't able to contribute a penny? But money is not the only thing that we can that can lead to us showing discriminating and showing favoritism to some people more than others. We naturally relate to some people that we are able to more easily relate to and understand. We've heard over recent weeks how one of the huge issues in achieving racial unity is the difficulty and uncertainty of relating to people with different backgrounds and different cultures. And as we recognise this, it makes me ask the question, who is it that I feel most comfortable talking to? And could it be that I discriminate based on that natural connection that is we all will um, be able to relate to? We can discriminate by people's age or sex or race, by how they look, by what job they do and so much more. But if we are to love with integrity, James calls us to look beyond appearances and to never discriminate. Ultimately, James wants us to check our motives. What is it that fuels our relationships? Are we treating all people as equal? Of course, you can be friends with someone who's rich, but what is your friendship based upon? If that individual was poor, would you treat them and relate to them in the same way as you do now that, that, that they are rich? Is your friendship circle full of people who have the same level of income and background as you? Or do you have friends who are both richer and poorer? Friends who come from a diverse range of different backgrounds, but where everyone is still treated equally. Putting our faith in Jesus means that we need to be challenged to put down our worldly eyes. The things that impress the world don't have to impress us. We're called to be counter-cultural. Rather, we're called to look beyond appearances and love our neighbours, regardless of their achievements, regardless of their sex and regardless of their uh, background. And so this week, can I encourage you to, to put this into action by phoning someone up within our church family who you wouldn't usually phone up. And if that just feels odd to you, just phone them up and say, how are you? And say, I just wanted to say that I miss seeing you at church and that I value and appreciate you as a member of our church family. Um, if you're at work this week, um, as, as our world continues to adjust and come back to being a, to some kind of normality, can I encourage you not just to get to know your bosses and your team members, but can I also encourage you to get to know your cleaners and your or the receptionist and maybe the cafeteria staff, if cafeterias are open, or the people that you so often maybe might not naturally connect to, can I encourage you to give them some of your time and get to know them in this week? In your neighbourhood or on your street, who are the people that you don't know so well or that you have less in common with? This week, if you see them in the garden, why not say hello and take the opportunity to show some love 
to your neighbours in a very direct way this week. May we be a church that looks beyond appearances and treats all people as equal, just as Jesus did. And after encouraging us not to discriminate and to love our neighbours regardless of where their backgrounds, James goes on to remind us in verses 5 to 11 that loving our neighbour means that we need to love like Jesus. Jesus sees the world differently to us. And James reminds us of how Jesus taught us in, in Matthew 6 to not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Just because you are rich on earth does not mean that you are rich in faith. In fact, Jesus went even further and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. God is not defined by the laws and the rules of our world. Instead, James emphasises one of the central principles of being God's people that has gone throughout the entirety of time, throughout the Old Testament. This rule was well known. And ultimately, Jesus issues this as a commandment to his people in the New Testament as well. And that is that we love our neighbour as we love ourselves. To love others as ourselves is to love as Jesus has taught us to love. You might be the most generous person in your neighbourhood. You might have the wonderful skills and insights. You might be the most caring of friends. But if you do not love your neighbour as yourself, you're not living the life of faith that God has called us to do. Love is the driver. Love is what we are called to show. And let's be honest for a moment, we are not naturally good at loving people as we love ourselves. We are naturally programmed to put ourselves first, to, to, to think of ourselves above others. And so it doesn't come naturally for us to put other people's interests alongside our own. But let's take a moment to remember how Jesus demonstrated love to us. See, Jesus didn't just tell us to love, he didn't just command, but he showed us an example of love that we can follow. Jesus' love meant that he stepped down from his position of honour and privilege. His love led to him going to a cross to die for you and to die for me. As Jesus went to the cross, he had no favourites. He showed no discrimination. His love was so great that he gave his life for everyone, regardless of their wealth, regardless of their race, regardless of their background. Jesus died for all. If we are to love our neighbours with integrity, then we first need to know the love that Jesus has for us. And so this morning, if you do not know just how much you are loved by Jesus, please can I just 
invite you to take a moment to consider just how loved you are. That 2,000 years ago, Jesus not only left heaven, his position of power, of, of majesty and honour, seated by the right hand side of God uh, over all of heaven, to come down into our earth. But not only did he come down to earth, but he came to die for you. He, not because of what you could do for him in return, not because you deserved Jesus's love, but because he just simply loved you. And he wanted to come and save you and to rescue you and to demonstrate the full extent of his love for you. Jesus loves you. He loves me. He loves all of us who have been created in his image. And we have been called to demonstrate his love to our neighbours regardless of who they are. The love of Jesus has no favourites. So if we are to love our neighbours with integrity, then we too must follow his example and demonstrate the love of Jesus to all those around us. And finally, as we love our neighbours, we can proclaim the good news of mercy. Following your neighbour without favouritism is impossible for us to achieve on our own. None of us are able to live as God wants us to live. We will all at one point or another break God's law that gives us life and freedom, as James tells us. Whether we are rich or poor, whether we are successful or not, we are all united in this truth. We all stand in need of heaven's mercy. We all break God's law that gives us freedom. But the good news is that because of Jesus, mercy triumphs over judgment. No matter what mistakes we have made, no matter how much money we have in the bank, no matter whether we feel like we belong or not, the judgment of our failures is cleared away by the mercy and the grace of Jesus. We might all make judgments. We might all discriminate and struggle to love those around us. But this is not the end of the story. This morning we gather together in the light of God's mercy. God's mercy for you and God's mercy for your neighbour. We are all united in God's mercy that gives us freedom and that gives us hope. Throughout the world, appearances matter, but we are not called to live by the ways of our world. So may we live a life of faith with integrity and love as Jesus has loved us. And as we love our neighbours, may we always proclaim and celebrate the mercy and the grace of God. The mercy that unites each and every person that lives on this earth. Let's pray together. Lord God, as we think about loving our neighbours, Lord, we first of all want to come and we want to say sorry. 
We want to say sorry for those times where maybe we have not loved. For those times where we are aware that we have discriminated, where we have shown favouritism of one kind or another. Lord, we're sorry for the way in which we don't, we have not failed to see people as you see them, created in your image, just like we are. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to continue to show love and to love our neighbours equally, just as you have loved us. Lord, for those of us this morning who've maybe just been thinking about that fact that you love us this morning, Lord, we pray that today they would get a, a great sense of your love for them. Lord, would you fill them with your love? May your spirit come and move in their lives that they might know more of who you are and the love that you have for them. And Lord, we thank you for your great mercy. We thank you and we praise you that regardless of our brokenness, Regardless of no matter how often we get it wrong, no matter of the mistakes that we make, we are all united in the mercy that you have shown to us through Jesus. Lord, we recognise that we are worthy of judgment. And yet you don't judge us, but you have been merciful to us. Lord, we pray that we will continue to proclaim that message of mercy throughout our communities, throughout our friends, throughout our neighbourhoods, that more and more people might know of the mercy that you have given to each one of us, the depth of the love that you have shown to each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.